Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K Challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. So here we are. We're back for week nine of the 5K Challenge, our our Run for God podcast, and we're going to shift gears just a little bit here. First of all, let me say congratulations on getting through week eight. Wasn't that great? Guess what? You can now say that you are an official, honest-to-goodness runner. Your membership card should be in the mail here soon. I'm kidding. But in weeks 9 and 10, we're going to take a break from running education. This week, we're going to talk about who you are and what your story is. I know many will say, I don't have a story. Yeah, you do. Everybody has a story. So hopefully you're following along in your book, your Run for God manual there, journaling all that you're doing along the way. And if you still need those materials, you can still find them and all some really cool t-shirts too at runforgod.com. And don't forget, plan out your week ahead of time to make sure you're carving out time that you need to be successful with this program. If you don't make time, you will never find time. As always, I'm joined by Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis and our Run for God ambassador, uh, Dean Thompson. <laughs> so I'm loving that ambassador title, Dean, we learned last week. Now, of course, we start off a week with a story from a faithful Run for God supporter. Mitchell, who we get started with this week? Well, Ted, this story um, this week comes to us from uh, northern Ohio from a big Run for God supporter. His name is Terry Price, and uh, his title is Running Through the Dark. And he opens this story uh, about talking about how much he loves to run in the morning. You know, some people are, are morning runners. That's not me. Not me. And some people prefer the evenings, which that's me. Uh, but Terry's one of those morning guys, and he talks about how um, the winter run in the winter, his runs would begin in the dark, uh, and and I don't like to run in the dark, but he he would always start his runs in the dark, and but he would look forward to the light that he knew was coming. Um, he was running out of the dark into the light. You may be able to see where this is going. Um, his running journey, he explains, uh, began running from a very different kind of darkness and into a much more important light. Oh, man. That sounds cool. What happened? Well, Ted, Terry's wife, um, several years prior to this, had, had left him and his children, and, and those were some of the darkest days of Terry's life. He was angry. He was angry at her, and he was angry at himself for not seeing it, it coming, and, and he was angry at God for, for having to go through those kind of difficulties. And um, Terry describes that, that he went for a run one day, and, and to this day he can't say why, other than the fact that he was angry and maybe he needed to, to release some energy. And although he didn't fully understand what made him run that day, he knew that he felt better when he finished running. And, and that led to a conversation with one of his, his friends, who was a, also a fellow runner, and he and, and his friend's name was Jim, uh, began running together. And, and sometimes when he was angry, he would run a little faster until he felt better. I'm familiar with that method. <laughs> <laughs> and the faster or the, the worse he felt, the harder he would run. And, and he eventually ran out of the darkness into the light of peace. And he would joke that the running with Jim was far better than any therapy session that, that he could have. You know, we say that all the time. Running is cheaper than therapy. I think I've seen a plaque of that somewhere. Mm. Gay, do you have that hanging somewhere? Yeah. Uh, Gay's still here, by the way. And, and But that was years ago, and a lot has happened since then. And he was, he, he finally remarried a lady um, named Teresa. 
uh, and they both brought children into the marriage. And, and guess what God did with that, Ted? There is no telling. What did God do? They now spend their time working with blended families. And there's um, more to the story that is written in the book, but he also mentions that he was training for a, a full marathon. And, and since that time, he completed the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame marathon in Canton, Ohio. And uh, also, he and Jim started their own Run for God class. Yeah. Um, their goal was to help others run out of the dark into the light. You know, there, there's a great many people who are in darkness, too. And uh, I noticed that in the questions in the book. He asked the questions, what circumstances are causing darkness in your life right now? Yeah, Ted, and I would say the, the answers to that question are, are probably varied um, as the number of people listening to this podcast right yeah. now. We all have a different journey. And there, there are so many distractions and things that can cause darkness in the world today. You know, I've always loved the way the, the Bible uses light and darkness in illustration to, to look at the differences. I, I think back to the time when the Bible was written. You know, darkness was way different back then. Sure. Uh, we think about light today, uh, the, our light and our dark, but, you know, we can walk into a room and flip on a switch and we have light. Yeah. Uh, back then, that wasn't so easy to, to create light. Um, and so when you contrast the, the light and the dark, I just think about how much more impactful that difference was back in that day. And sometimes, you know, I think we handle our Christian lives that way, too. Like it's easy just to flip a switch uh, and, and be in the light. But, uh, but sometimes, and for some situations, and just like this one that Terry described that he was in, um, it's just not that easy. You know, that's so true. I remember going on a mission trip with our, our radio station, and we went to this little village. And you had to go across this little waterway and the bridge, and there was no lights on it, which meant that mm. tribe's day was done when the sun set. Wow. Think about if you're a mom or a dad and you have a small child that's sick in the middle of the night. What do you do? Flipping and so lights, we took yeah. solar lights there and put them up, and as we drove or floated away in, in the boat, you could see the light in that village, knowing also we shared the light of Jesus, too. Wow. Uh, Terry also provides some scripture scripture references that addresses his second question, which is, what things can we use to cope with the darkness? Yeah, right, right, Ted. He uses a very popular verse of Scripture, which is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and it says, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and hope. Um, you know, maybe one of the most important things we can keep in mind is that God does have a plan for us, and those plans are good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, running is such a great way to cope, just as Terry did. But I look at running as a kind of a facilitation device rather than the solution. I know some people talk about that being a solution to problems. It's really just uh, what it does is it connects us to God. It gets us alone with God um, and, and and away from that, that toughness of the world and, sure. and the bitterness of the world. And, uh, and that's where the magic happens. It's not about the running. It's about being alone with God. Yeah, and, and time to listen for what those plans are for us. Mm. You know, Isaiah sixty nineteen says it so beautifully. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light and your God your glory. You know, that's the bottom line, Ted. If, if, we're allow, if we allow God to be our light, then that means we have to be close to him in order to benefit from that light. We... We can't go wrong when we're using his light to guide our lives. What a great thought to end this segment.
So God's done it again. He's made it even simpler for us to share our stories. Check out the Big Share app. It'll walk you through how to share your story of what God is doing in and through your life. If you've ever wanted to share your faith but didn't feel like you could, the Big Share app. All right, so we're going to turn our attention to something a little different than anything we've covered so far in this series. Mitchell, you want to explain where we're going from here? Yeah, I'm going to start off by sharing a story uh, that I shared in a blog post that I wrote back in May of 2014, and I'm going to summarize it. You can you can read the whole story in the book, but I, I talk about being, Dean and I have mentioned uh, before that we coach a, a group of triathletes, and I talk about being at a triathlon in Richmond, Virginia, a few years prior to that riding, and I talk about a man that that came up and he commented on the shirts that that not only was I was wearing but our our team had on Run for God uh, triathlon kits as well, and he told me that he and his son were very inspired by that. And, and this this was a gentleman who came up to me in the middle of a triathlon. And uh, at that very same time, we had another group of athletes uh, competing at a, at a race in Georgia in a, in a completely different part of the, the country. And as I, we got done with our race, I called to check the, the status of that race. And I, I heard very similar story, stories from, from people who were coming up and commenting on our team's T-shirts. Uh, people had commented on the, the uniforms and the Run for God tent that they saw. And uh, it, it was a very similar story to what I was hearing up in Virginia at our race. And um, I was on a, it was an eight hour ride home that day from Virginia. So I, I pulled up the Run for God Facebook page and I was reading about how one of our instructors, Ben Reed, who is from Westerville, Ohio, I was reading about how they were volunteering at a, at a local race there in Ohio and they were handing out t shirts at an event that included over 14,000 runners. And, of course, the group was wearing their Run for God T-shirts. And, and the stories that I heard coming from Ben were exactly the same as the stories that, that I had experienced and that I experienced almost on a daily basis from people who they, they ask about that Run for God T-shirt. You know, that's something that I've noticed as you guys have come in and out of the radio station here. And, of course, when I see you out and about, you're wearing Run for God T-shirts almost every time I see you guys. <laughs> it's most of my wardrobe, Ted. <laughs> you know, I and I'm wearing a Run for God shirt about 99.9% of the time. People, people want to know what's wrong when they see me not wearing a Run for God T-shirt. Um and, and and I do that, and I do it intentionally. And and I often ask myself, can a T-shirt really make a difference? And and I say it can. I, I say a T-shirt can absolutely make a difference in the lives of those around us. But I say that with a strong word of caution. You know, a spiritual shirt or a bumper sticker or a spiritual social media post that can have a great impact if the person wearing it or or posting it is living a life yeah. that describes that shirt. Um, it lets people know who you are and what you you stand for. And again, that's that's very powerful. But if our actions don't ma- match our shirt, it can be a very destructive thing. Sure. It, you know, our really our our words really have no meaning in in that situation if if you're if the way you're living your life doesn't match the bumper sticker or the t-shirt that you're wearing. And, and most of us have heard the quote, and I, it's often attributed to Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quote is, preach the gospel, and if necessary, 
use words. And sometimes when when someone comments on my shirt, um, the words, and if necessary, use words, becomes very important to me because it's great when people come up and say, hey, what is Run for God? And, and I typically tell them Run for God is a 12-week Bible study that parallels faith and endurance, and it takes people who have never run to their first 5K. But many times God's calling me to go beyond that. And, and while it's great to be a good example, sometimes people need to hear words. Um, sometimes when a person comments on the shirt, they're, they're asking, there are questions that come along with that. Sure. Um, they often want to know what the Run for God program is, and, it, and it's easy to answer. I, I, just, I just said what the Run for God program is. Um, but sometimes they want to know a lot more than that. Um, and often there is more that needs to be said. And there is one question that we can answer that will clear up most of these questions. That question is usually, what has God done in my life? Absolutely. And, and I would call that... My testimony. You know, the, I think the title of this chapter, I didn't even look back, but the title of the chapter is Moving Past the T-Shirt. Moving Past the Question, What is Run for God? And getting to the more important question of what is Run for God done in my life? And, and, and that comes to the question, what is your testimony? Uh, the great thing is that is your story. Our testimony is our story. It's personal. It's yours. And it's the greatest bridge to the more important eternal questions. And the greatest thing about our testimony is nobody can debate that and nobody can take that from us. It shows people what God is doing or has done in your life. You know, Theodore Roosevelt once said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And what better way is there for people to get a glimpse into your heart than to share your own personal story. So what you're talking about is sharing your testimony. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about just how to do that. If you haven't checked out J Radio lately, oh my goodness, you'll never guess what you're missing. Tons of playlists from artists. They're putting together their songs and other people's songs, and they're giving you the opportunity to listen. If you want to run with music and have a great time, check it out, jradio.com. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts... Set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. It says to be prepared. Would that mean doing something to get prepared? Absolutely, Ted. Um, I'm convinced that I think the number one thing a person should do, a child of God, is they should write out their their testimony. And they should practice giving their testimony. And that will prepare you for when the time comes to share it now am i saying we need to have a canned testimony no that's not what i'm saying but but most people at least the people that i've come across have never really sat down and thought about their testimony they know the story and they assume well i'll know all the details when the time comes and and a lot of times that's just not the case if we spend time thinking about it and planning it can be very it can be a very effective uh in witnessing to those who need to hear it yeah, I know that I often think that when the time comes, that, you know, 
the words will be there. Um, but God, God doesn't just give – he gives us words at times, but he also expects us to plan. And uh, I think it's important that we think about that so that we don't walk away from that conversation as we have so many times and think, boy, I wish I would have said X, Y, Z. Um, does it does it complicate things to try to over plan for things? You think? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think our, our testimony should be simple. You know, uh, I'm a I'm an Apple guy. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a MacBook right now, and I have an iPhone. And and Apple products are known for how simple they are to use. Uh, do you think that they spend a lot of time planning? How to make it more simple? <laughs> I guess they do. Uh, and it, I guess it's similar to our testimony. Uh, if we plan for it, we can make it more simple. And when it's more simple, it's easier to remember and easier to share with the next person. Right. And and our testimonies, every testimony should include um, three things. Um, and it, it sh- they should be short and to the point. And you can, you can really bullet down. You can really boil any testimony down to three questions. Number one. What was your like life? What was your life like before you met Jesus? Um, this is this is what how you grew up. This may be um, your your life experiences, but it's it's what were you like? What kind of person were you before you met Jesus? And then number two is when and under what circumstances did you experience salvation? This was that aha moment in your life when when God stepped out of heaven and convicted you in your heart through the Holy Spirit that um, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. What, what was that moment like? That's one thing that people want to hear is what was that moment? And then the third question is, what is different now that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life? You know, uh, repentance is, is not backing off of sin. It's turning from sin. Sure. Um, and, and there's a change in a person's life when they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And that's that's the, the third most critical part of, of your testimony is what is your life, life like now? Because the person you're talking to wants to know what what are the benefits here? Sure. You know, what, sure. What, what, how is this going to help me? And there's probably no better example of a, of a testimony than in Acts chapter 22, verses 3 through 21. This is when Saul of Tarsus, a man who was... Um, sent to persecute Christians and throw Christians in jail. He was he was on his way um, to Damascus to do just that, and and he was intercepted by Jesus Christ on that road in physical form, and um, it, it talks about how it, it gives a vivid description of Paul's life before um, Jesus. It, it gives a vivid description of about his his encounter. With Christ on the road to Damascus, and then if you read, I think it's over half the books in the New Testament about about who Paul was after that encounter. Um, so I, I encourage you to go read that as a as a as an example of what our testimonies are supposed to look like. So if I want to write down my testimony, what are some things you guys think I need to keep in mind? There's five things, um, and, and and number one is stick to the point. Uh, don't have any distractions. Don't don't take side roads or tangents when you're telling your testimony. Um, keep keep it to keep it to the facts. Uh, number two, be specific. You know every every story, and and I use I use the word story because that's what our testimony is. It's the story of our our journey to Christ. Uh, give dates and feelings at that time. Give give the person you're talking to some personal insight and and a way for them to connect with the story. 
Um, I'll often give people something that they can relate to. Number three is be honest. You know, we tend to want to over-dramatize stories. Don't do that with your testimony. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't need your help in, in telling your testimony. Uh, tell it just the way it is. And, and we, like I said, we just we tend to want to tell a great story, but tell your, your testimony. Tell your real story. Um, just talk normal. Um, stay away from a, what I like to call the Christianese. Uh, talk to the, talk to someone the same way you would talk to them about sharing anything else. Uh, just talk, be yourself, I guess, is, is the main thing here. And keep it short. You know, there are times to go into great detail um, with your story, uh, but oftentimes if it's somebody you're talking to for the first time, this is not the time. Um, just share your, your testimony, and, and, and just as important, don't be discouraged. You know, not everyone who hears your testimony will respond, but the seed is planted. You know, my job is my job is to share, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Exactly. You know, I remember uh, hearing a testimony of a man one time who was a, um, gosh, I, I don't even know how to put it. He was a bad man. He did some bad things. Bad choices. Um, really, really bad choices. And when Christians would come up and share the gospel with him, he would ridicule them. He would call them names. But once he became a Christian, he said, I remember the name of every person that told me and the place we were standing when they told me every time somebody shared Christ with me. And every one of those was important in my journey to be my faith. So when you hear somebody say they're worried about how somebody's going to accept something, understand that no matter what comes back to you, um, you, you did something good. You made a real good point there in that it's not God doesn't expect us to save anybody. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only one that does that. The Holy Spirit is the only one that draws people unto himself. We just have to be faithful to share our story. Amen. And one word about story. I used to think growing up, because I've heard testimonies of drug dealers that came to know Christ and people that were gang members and all this kind of, and these big dramatic testimonies. And here I am, just a good little Baptist boy, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, church ever since I was born. But God had to tell me, Ted, your testimony is just as powerful as any of those other testimonies. Yeah, your testimony may speak to certain people as opposed to other people, but we just have to be faithful to share. So what should everybody do now, Mitchell, with your testimony? Well, I want to throw out a challenge. Um, If you're listening to this, I I want you to take the next week and write down your testimony. Uh, First of all, start by praying that God will give you the wisdom you need to get through this process. But I want you to sit down and, and write out your testimony, and we're going to talk about uh, what to do with that uh, next week. But I, I want you—I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you're out there and you're realizing you don't have a testimony. Yeah, um, that's a real possibility. And uh, we're, 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 next week is just for you. And uh, so I, I want you to begin. I, w- I want you to start praying about that. Um, if you've—if you've never. Um, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we have a resource that you can go to right now, yeah. and that's runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Uh, but we're going to be diving a lot more into this next week, and, uh, and um, I hope you'll be here for that. So there you go, everybody. Get started. Write down your testimony. Just take a few minutes to do that. It shouldn't take you a long time. Dean, what's our quote for the week? Well, let me share something, Ted, before we get to that. One of the things that, that always struck me when I see this formulaic way of re- laying out our testimony, not everybody's testimony fits into those few questions perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mine is, is a good example of that um, because of the church that I grew up in and, and some of the things that happened. It doesn't fit perfectly into there. 
but it's still my story sure. and my story is still is still a good one so i, I want to encourage somebody if you if, if you look at those questions you go hey you know it doesn't fit well mold your story around what your story mm-hmm. is absolutely yeah so our quote for this week is from ben franklin and he said i haven't failed I've found 10,000 ways that do not work. (laughs) Hey, listen, if you were one of the people last week that said, there's no way I can run 20 minutes, guess what? You did it. You made it through the 20-minute run last week. So, Mitchell, what's the workout for this week? Well, these workouts are getting very simple now. Um, This week, you're going to do your five-minute warm-up walk. You're going to jog for 23 minutes. Or if you're doing the walking program, you're going to walk fast for 23 minutes. And then you're going to do your five-minute cool-down walk. Guys, we're, we're getting close. Ted, yeah. Ted, everybody listening to this is getting very close to that goal race. And I think of it, put it this way, when you cross that finish line and you hear the announcer say, you are a winner, you have done it. You're putting in the work right now. You're getting close. You can't get to there without what you're doing this week. So get out there and get it. We'll see you back next time for the next edition of the Run for God podcast. You've been listening to the Run For God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.